Welcome to issue 197 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Bill, aka Board Game Lawyer, and with me this evening is Daniel. How are you doing, Daniel? Oh, hey! Welcome back to the lair. Thank you. Always good to be back. Looks the same. Well, you know, Mike doesn't let us redecorate. And also joining us this evening is our fearless leader, Steve. Hi, Steve. Greetings, friends. How are you? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's my fearless leader voice. That is it. I was afeared. I'm, I'm typically a fear. I should be a fearful leader because I never, I never know what to expect. Always a little scared. So. <laughs> it's, it's tough to have minions like us. Co co villains, yeah. Co villains, except for Mike. Again, Mike can't be with us tonight, uh, but that's okay because Bill's here to take his place. Well, for tonight, uh, and we're shoes to fill. Yeah, they're really big. They're like clown shoes. So. <laughs> I'm white waiting around in them here. So, <laughs> well, uh, while we're waiting around, let's see, uh, Daniel. Yes, sir. What is on your mind tonight, Steve? Yeah, my mind is vacant. Oh, are you like uh, doing Empty. a new meditation? Void of all but infinite space. Huh? Nothing on my mind. And you know why? Why is that? Because people haven't sent stuff in to fill up my mind. Oh, yeah. We just don't have anything from any listeners. What? Wow. I mean, that's crazy. It took 197 issues <laughs> to get to this point. I know. Oh, no. It's Marvel fatigue. That's what it is, Steve. I was listening to some um, uh, YouTube screen crush. I don't know if you, if you follow that. Mm-hmm. I've listened um, to them, yeah. But um, Ryan Airy was talking about, like, actual Marvel fatigue. Like, people just don't want this stuff anymore. Is that happening to us, too? No. Like, you tell just, so many bad stories in a row, and people are just tired. That can't be it. I mean, no, Bill's here. Not. People, people not. still want it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know why? Let, let's not do a what's on your mind tonight. Let's do a gang up instead. Well, fine. Because people, I don't think we're suffering from any Marvel Champions fatigue, because there's a new podcast out there about our favorite game. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I say new, but actually they've been around for a little bit. This is the Marvel Champions podcast. Oh, that's good. That's good. Not to be confused with the Tony Tales podcast called Marvel Champions, which was came out a couple years ago. These are different oh. people, very same name. I don't know if they. <laughs> just I was going to say that's, that didn't sound new to me. No, it didn't sound new to me at all. So, but yeah, I guess it is. All right. it, it is. It is. It's different people. It's uh, two brothers. I like to think of them as the Brothers Grimm over there. Okay. Uh, they clearly are having fun with the game. They enjoy the game. They have 25 episodes out, guys. Nice. 20. All right. Yeah. They do a weekly release. Typically, it seems like their shows come out on Friday. Okay. And, um, you know, the first few episodes are kind of rough like everybody's first few episodes. Trying to get that sound stuff going right. Yeah. 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 They find their footing. and uh, Good. It, Good. 
they're fun. They talk a little bit about heroes, a little bit about villains, a little bit about this, a little bit about that. And you can definitely tell they're brothers and they have a good rapport with one another. And uh, yeah. So Marvel good. Champions podcast. Yeah. Well, that's cool. The, so, the tagline is, uh, if you don't want to be a chump, listen to us and you'll be a champ or something like that. <laughs> something along those lines. Okay. I'll have to check that out. So, so you say they have found their footing. Yeah. Yep. Okay, good. I, yeah. I tried to listen to the first one or two and I just sort of skipped ahead and uh it's 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 an enjoyable show to listen to. So Okay. It didn't take nearly like two hundred episodes for them to finally find their never mind. Never mind. Um maybe we should now show Bill. The door. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just now kidding. Bill. All right. <sighs> well good for them. I'll have to check that one out. Yep. All right. Well, Bill's here. And Daniel, you know what that means, right? Well, you know, usually it means some some really nice person has decided to do our homework for us and tell us about a nemesis. You got it half right. But with Mike gone, it could be anything. You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. No, I was going to say you have it half right. Somebody has okay. come on to talk about the nemesis, but he's not really nice. He's really villainous. He is so. villainous. I mean, we all heard what he just said. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I was just kidding. You know I love you. Okay. <laughs> all right, we forgive you. Back right. at you, Bill. Who are you here um, to talk about tonight, Bill? Today I am talk- talking about uh, Wolverine's nemesis in the game, which is Omega Red. Well, I can't wait to hear all you have to say because I've never heard of Omega Red. Never have, eh? Okay. Well, no, it's that, so. uh, isn't that that Mountain Dew drink? Or no. Mega red, yeah, that's entirely like entirely possible. Okay, jam full of caffeine. Yeah, red. I was thinking, five. you know, I was gonna like just say that Wolverine's nemesis was Ryan Reynolds or something like that, but I, you know, I won't go there because I just recently saw them two sitting together in a box with Taylor Swift at a football game. So Wolverine's oh. nemesis in the game. Let's talk about this one, and I'll just start outright by saying that this fellow is a completely appropriate nemesis for Wolverine because I know that in times past, it's felt like on some occasions, not all, I mean, most, most of the times a nemesis feel like, like an actual nemesis in the game, but sometimes it's a little bit of a stretch to make that connection. I've had that happen kind of when I came on in the past, a couple of different nemesis, but not with this guy. In fact, you might even say, yeah, yeah, there is a connection there. You might even say that Omega Red exists because of Wolverine. That's how closely their story is tied. And uh-huh. and there is a lot of enmity between these two individuals. So let's just kind of find out a little bit about this Omega Red, right? So he is a Russian mutant. Uh, his birth name was Arkady Gregorovich Rosovich. So he was born in the Soviet Union. And as we have been led to believe in books and movies and so forth, that mutant abilities don't really surface until adolescence. Now, that's most of the time. But in the case of Arkady here, even before adolescence, his parents and his brother were very afraid of him. And it was for good reason, because from very early on, this guy was bloodthirsty. And this was maybe a direct result from his mutant ability, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But um, to say as a young man, uh, his problems began with 
mutilating animals um, later on. That's always the sign. Yeah. (laughs) And then later on, beggars in the community started disappearing. And so, yeah, Mm. this guy is a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, you know, oftentimes whenever I am learning about a new uh, minion or villain, I always think of you, Daniel, because I I like how you always try to relate to these individuals that we're going to talk about. But, unfortunately, that is not the case with Omega Red this evening. Can't Um, win them all. Yeah, right. Now, his family, uh, we mentioned, were afraid of him. His brother's name was Vasily. And he'll surface later again in comics, but he actually turns on his own brother and, and he turns him in. He's taken away from the family. And so we fast forward then in this, in Arkady's timeline in time, he would join the Russian army, but his bloodthirsty crimes would follow him. This, this would continue as he joins the army. So it's, as I mentioned earlier, kind of linked to his mutant ability. So one of his uh, mutant abilities has to do with this death factor. So Arkady, what, it, what this is, is that he emits lethal pheromones, which are death spores from his body. Oh. So these spores can weaken, they can kill people in his vicinity, and they can kill just about anybody in his vicinity, even um, like superheroes and so forth. These death spores, they're also poisonous to him. So he needs to continuously shed these death spores. And so this death death factor is what really facilitates much of his killer instinct. And like I said, it follows him right into the army with him. Now, his behavior didn't become evident to others until he was stationed in more of a remote location. So again, he's part of this Russian army. He goes to the Soviet outpost near the Arctic Circle which, as you can imagine, there's not much of a population up there near the Arctic Circle. So people started to begin disappearing up there, and that started to draw attention to him. Now, especially would this draw attention to him, because the ones who were disappearing, and this is kind of hard to say, they tended to be young children of a particular gender, and because it's a family. I don't really want to go a whole lot further than that, but this guy is one of those guys that we wouldn't want to hang out with. You know, we wouldn't invite him over to the lair for board game night or anything like that. It's just because he is that type of an individual. Mm. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. So to put things in context, you know, you guys have covered a lot of villains on your show. Um, Omega Red, if I were to make a comparison, he would be like, he would make Crossbones look like Mr. Rogers, say. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. All right. Um. And um, I remember not too long ago just cringing listening to Mike talk about Sabretooth. But Omega Red makes Sabretooth out to be like like the family pet. And okay. yeah, so this is a bad guy. Um, Wolverine is not, <laughs> yeah, Wolverine is not generally a hero who is afraid of very many villains. He's not afraid of Sabretooth, but Wolverine is very fearful of Omega Red. And we haven't even begun to talk about some of his government augmentations yet. That's just this mentality. So going back to the Arctic Circle, when the other Russian soldiers became aware of his crimes, uh, he was court-martialed, so to speak. He was executed with a bullet to the head. Oh, well, that's a short story. Dead. Yeah, so he's dead there. But this guy has, uh, he's, he's a powerful mutant. So in addition to this death factor that we talked about earlier, he also has things such as superhuman strength, 
uh, superhuman stamina, durability, agility, reflexes. He's got superhuman speed. But he also has this regenerative healing factor, and it's similar to Wolverine. So Wolverine, you know, we've seen him in the movies, we've seen him in the books. He can take a, a tremendous beating. He could be reduced to a skeleton and come back, right? He can heal. Omega Red's regenerative healing factor isn't quite as powerful as Wolverine's, but Omega Red is capable of healing at a much greater speed than the rest of us. For example, he has the capacity of healing from deep slashes and puncture wounds within a matter of minutes where it would take like you and I um, days, weeks, maybe never recovering from these types of injuries. So it really should be no shock that his mutant powers have saved him from being shot to death. But this did draw attention of the Russian super soldier program, of course, right? So every country it seems has that super soldier program. And, you know, it calls to mind Captain America. And then, of course, there's other super soldiers down the line. Um, and, of course, mutants tend to be great candidates for the super soldier programs because of their inherent abilities. So Logan Wolverine was like a 10th generation super soldier. Thus, he was like Weapon 10 or Weapon X. So right. Wolverine is like a super soldier, but he's like the Western Hemisphere big baddie um, super soldier, right? So Russia's not going to be outdone. So their answer to this is to um, make this new agent, this Omega Red. But Arkady was not having any of it. So he escaped to Europe. He's still committing these heinous crimes. And there is where he first attracts the attention of Magneto. And here is where we were led to believe in the books that Magneto is kind of pulling the strings to get Arkady turned back over to the Russian authorities. And ultimately he is, and he gets turned over to the KGB. And this really marks the beginning of Arkady's active involvement in the Russian super soldier program. So this is where Arkady becomes Omega Red. And so the Russian scientists are doing many experiments on him. They're enhancing his latent abilities. The Russian scientists, they implant many cybernetic enhancements inside of Omega Red to make him even more powerful. But one of the most identifiable and probably one of the most terrifying upgrades they make to Omega Red is where they insert within each of his arms a retractable tentacle. Each of his arms has this retractable tentacle, and it's made out of carbonadium. What is carbonadium? So what, carbonadium is the Soviet Union's answer to adamantium. And you remember adamantium was used on Wolverine, right? Yeah. Wolverine, Death Strike. Yep, yep. Yeah, there's several X-23. that use this adamantium. Yep, yep. Right. Yeah, so uh, in the case of Wolverine, it's used to lace his skeleton, his claws. It's a very hard, hard-to-break metal. Well, carbonadium was was similar to that, but it was much more flexible, a much more flexible form of adamantium. It's maybe not as strong as adamantium, but uh, Omega Red could use these tentacles as weapons. He could reach, use them to reach out, grab things, grab people. And one of the things that he does with these tentacles is he wraps people up in kind of a coil of these to literally drain them of their life energy. So sucking the life basically out of these, out of these victims of his. So, so he like, not, uh, he yeah. like boa constrictors you with the tentacles while he's pushing his death spores into you. Uh, exactly. And he's healing whatever wounds they've caused you. Okay. Uh, he sounds like a pretty powerful character, though. So. I mean, he's, he's pretty powerful. 
he's named Omega Red. Sometimes people say, well, he's an Omega level mutant, but he's not really. I mean, he's kind of more on the level of just every other mutant, basically. Uh, some of the Omega level mutants are like Phoenix, really, really powerful ones, ones who can destroy entire universes. He's not necessarily that powerful, but he is strong. But he possesses this ability to suck life energy. I think you, you said it, Steve. It's essential for his survival. Because the downside of these carbonadium implants is that they were slowly poisoning him. They were leaking radiation. And so he was required to regularly drain the life energy out of other people in order to temporarily sustain his immune system in order to keep him alive. Uh, But truly, in order to actually stabilize his condition, Omega Red required the carbonadium synthesizer. Okay? So that term might sound familiar. Carbonadium synthesizer, what this synthesizer did, it was kind of like a canister, is the way it's depicted in the books. But what this carbonation, uh, carbonadium synthesizer did was it renewed the carbonadium and stopped the leaching of the deadly radiation. So this was really for his own well-being that he would have this carbonadium synthesizer. It was something that he needed to keep close at hand. Don't lose that, right? <laughs> Don't lose the carbonadium synthesizer, otherwise you'll die. But this is the part that really burns Omega Red's biscuits, and that is that Wolverine, <laughs> along with his yeah, along with his buddies Maverick and Sabretooth, and their last mission together as Team X, they decided to steal the Carbonadium synthesizer from Omega Red, and they're playing keep away from him. So Arcadi, that was the one thing that kept him somewhat rooted. Uh, but not only that, did they they had no intention of ever giving it back to him. So. It was because of his need for this carbonadium synthesizer that Omega Red continuously seeks out Wolverine, Sabretooth, and Maverick over the years, believing that they know of its whereabouts. And Wolverine certainly knows where he hid this carbonadium synthesizer. And Maverick is the one who was entrusted with it for most of that time. Now, some of the fights between Wolverine and Omega Red, they get pretty vicious. In fact, a major encounter takes place right after Omega Red is formally introduced into Marvel Comics, which was in the late late 1991, early 1992. And so just kind of a comic book um, history there. It's uh, X-Men comics at that time were extremely popular and it was have an opportunity for them to do like a little reboot with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, again, it was one of the top selling books of that era. Chris Claremont had been a writer on this title since like 1975. So for quite some time, and he was a very popular writer and you'll maybe recall that that was when that giant size X-Men hit was back in 1975. That's where we were introduced to these characters that people like so much like Nightcrawler, Colossus Storm and many others. So in October, 1991, that's whenever they, they did, they started volume two of X-Men and issue number one, and I was actually collecting books back then, and I have some of these books, and I looked in Marvel Unlimited, to, and I did a, a search for Omega Red, because I needed to know what I was talking about. For the... Anyway, it said that Omega Red was in issue number one. So, you know, here it is. After 30 years, I'm going back and reading my books. Issue one is packed full of a lot of stuff. There's tons of mutants by this point. There's Magneto. He's on his asteroid. We saw that in, in, uh, in the game. You know, we've got uh, Magneto with the asteroid, all these things happening, but Omega Red does not show up until the absolute last page, last panel, with no dialogue at all whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's a long book. It's a lot of story, and you know, just kind of like with. So it's like, I'll just, uh, it's like the yeah. balaclava all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did you list that as this first issue? But it is. It's the first time that you actually see his picture in the books. Um, so comic books, you know, like my my sweet spot for comics was like sixties, seventies. I collected in the eighties, early nineties. And you could definitely see like a progression of comics. So like, I like the campy older comics. I read those. Um, and then in the eighties, they got kind of gritty. And then in the nineties, like the way that the books were written back in, in the nineties, it was just a really fast paced, hard hitting, lots of stuff. And in X-Men, because there were so many characters in X-Men comics by that time, it's like they shove them in each issue and it's just kind of over, almost overwhelming. But I, uh, um, I yeah. started collecting uh, this this X Men series from 1991 that you're talking about. Um, oh, okay, with the Magneto and Cyclops and Wolverine like on the cover. That's when yeah. I started. I think I have there was like four different cover options for the same book, and yeah, right, yeah so there was the same story inside, but there's four different issues, right? So you could you, know, you could spend more money to buy different covers. Um, that's kind of when I started. Uh, reading of learning about X-Men and things like that. So cool. Yeah. The and series don't, here. Yeah. don't get me wrong. Those were good stories, right? I mean, Jim Lee did the art. It was beautiful. Um, yeah. They would have like kind of tossing this in there. They'd have holographic covers. They would have, um, you know, like a playing cards inside the covers. They, and, and it wasn't just Marvel. I mean, you see other, other comic companies were doing this too, but um, just kind of getting back to Omega Red. Sorry about that. I get sidetracked. So it, Okay. Really wasn't he doesn't make his appearance until issue number four, which in issue number four, here's Omega Red's entrance. He starts out dead. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. His okay. his entrance to comic books is he's dead, or maybe we just say mostly dead. A, a lot of this backstory oh. I just talked about was kind of like backfill, you know, from later on. You would learn these things later. Um, so Omega Red is just kind of thrust into this, but he's dead. So he's laying there dormant in this volcano in the South Pacific under the ownership of a Japanese crime lord, Matsuo. And he, this uh, Matsuo is closely tied, if not directly tied, to the Hand. If you've heard of the Hand, that's like the Japanese ninja crime organization. Yep. Yeah, these ninjas are really powerful too. More than I gave them credit for as I'm reading the books, because I guess somewhere along the way, you know, I was thinking hand is equivalent to the foot and you think of foot soldiers, teenage mutant ninja. And so no, these, the hand is not like that. These guys are no joke. And so here's, they're in this volcano. It's dormant. 20 of these hand ninjas sacrifice themselves in this dormant volcano to revive Omega red. Because remember earlier, he lives off of other people's dying. And I think not only 20 hand ninjas died in this situation, but I think also the scientists also die. And so it's at that point that this Matsuo shows Omega Red a picture of Wolverine. He remembers Wolverine. He hates Wolverine. He kind of goes nuts. And so him and a bunch of the hand soldiers decide to go attack the X-Men Wolverine there at the Xavier School. But... They do this right after a two-on-two basketball game taking place in the schoolyard. So we have Gambit and Jubilee versus Wolverine and Rose. This is, again, the 90s. So, so they've got, <laughs> okay. you know. Well, I mean, 
Uh, that's good though. When we play the mansion attack, we can be like outside, right? We have basketball game. And, yeah, that's okay. right. Okay. Bouncing the ball, and they're they're picking on you know Jonah on each other, whatever. Uh, Beast shows up in a jeep and says, "Hey guys, let's go to the movies." And then bam, out pops the hand, and they're just whooping up on these mutants. They're not, re- you know, they're ready to go party. They're not ready to fight. The the hand have the upper hand in this case, and Omega Red starts to take down Wolverine. And on this occasion. Uh, he would have finished off Wolverine. I mean, he could have easily destroyed Wolverine on this occasion because, again, he sucks the life out of things. Wolverine is captured by the hand, and so they, the intention is to try to interrogate Wolverine to find out where um, this synthesizer is. Um, but he breaks free with the help of Maverick. Maverick continues to keep the carbonadium synthesizer hidden from Omega Red, so over the years, these guys would continue to cross paths, particularly Wolverine, Maverick, and even Sabretooth. So uh, he goes after Sabretooth, but sometimes he would team up with Sabretooth. But that's kind of how the story continues to go on and on and on, is that they're, they're having this, this interchange. Uh, down the road, we mentioned earlier his brother Vasily. He would become director of Sickle, which was like the Russian version of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, just to kind of no. like... What does it stand for? I don't. I don't know what that stands for. That's a good quiz question. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't even think I... What's S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for? You guys know? I can't remember. I can't remember what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for. TJ Homeland. Yeah. Yeah. Too many letters. Too many letters. Yeah. yeah. Stop the bad guys. Right. You know. Um... They are the bad guys, really. Oh, the sickle's a lot more um, villainous than Shield, as you can imagine, right? So, um, Omega Red, then you know, going on, he couldn't have children of his own. You know, death spores that kind of puts a hindrance to the dating game, right? Um, so, Omega Red, in order to have progeny, he ends up becoming cloned. So. A clone Omega Red, what are you going to call it? Okay, we've got Omega Black, Omega White, uh, Omega Argyle. Um, <laughs> you made that up. Okay, I may have made that one up. But <laughs> I don't even know anymore with Marvel. Yeah, so it's probably just a good spot to end right there. Um, there's, a, there's a ton more story I could go into, but man, we're, we're here to talk about cards, right? Yeah, I, I can't. I, lo- I had to look up Sickle. Okay, uh, what does it mean? It, it nobody knows. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not listed. Right. So, so if <laughs> listeners know what sickle stands for, they should send it in to us, and we'll tell you how wow. to do that later. That could be show. the next thing that's on my mind. That's right. What does <laughs> the Russian counterpart to the United Nations peacekeeping organization known as Shield? Right. So sickle is the opposite of Shield. What does sickle stand for? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, Bill, that was great. That's a lot of info. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, guys. Now, now growing up, I always thought Omega Red was really cool. Like, his art was awesome. His tentacles were cool. I like the name. And uh, in the 90s, I didn't know any of that really terrible stuff about him. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Better, probably, probably better off. Keep that in uh, your childhood. See, Steve, never meet your idols. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll say that, you know, like, I kind of 
really didn't remember much about Omega Red, but I do remember going into the arcades in the 90s, and he was mm-hmm. like in this like Street Fighter type game. <laughs> he was like yep. one of the demos, and I was like, well, this guy's pretty cool. He's got these long tentacles, and he's reaching out and grabbing people. And... Yeah, he just has a neat look to him. So Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he could have been in one of those like 80s like hair bands. You know, like the heavy leather for bands sure. and poison yeah. or something like that. Like Especially in, the, in his own art on his own card where he's the headband. Yeah. yeah. It looks like Vince Neil from Molly Crew. So I was going to say, just throw a few more pounds on him and he looked like the current Vince Neil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, so thanks, Bill. That's good learning. Good learning. Yeah, so like Bill said, there are some cards here. Let's talk about them. Uh, so we can find the Wolverine Nemesis set in the Mutant Genesis Wave in the Wolverine pack. Five total cards, four by title, plus the obligation. And Mike will read Mike. 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 Doesn't he usually show up out of Spot World for this? Right, he does. Give him a second. What time is it? He's not here. Huh. Uh, I'll read it, I guess. Uh, sure? I yeah, I mean, on a recent one, you refused to do it, Daniel. So I guess I'll do well, it. Well, I refused to do it, and then I was about to do it, and then Mike showed up. True. So I would have ultimately done it, probably. Okay. Well, do you want to do this one, or should I do it? Uh, you go ahead. All right. The obligation is called Past Demons. Gift to the Logan player. You may flip to alter ego form and choose. Exhaust Logan, remove past demons from the game. You are stunned and confused. Discard this card to boost icons. Um, pretty standard obligation. Yawn. Yeah, we could insert Mustafa right here talking about this obligation. Yeah. I, I find that this one, like all others doesn't really give you a choice because 99% of the time you'll pick the first bullet, not the second bullet. If only to get this thing out of the out of the game. Uh, it doesn't seem like the penalties um, in right. the second bullet are light enough or the penalty in the first bullet is heavy enough, i.e. exhaustion. And I think they all say exhaust. Um, you. That, I... that there's, yeah, that there's a difference. And the difference is it either exits the game or comes back to haunt you. So you'll pick the option that'll make it go away. Um, I, the stunned and confused part isn't even all that like serious for Wolverine because he has those two cards, regenerative healing. For one resource, you can just discard all the stuns and confuses that you have. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think this would have been much better as one of those obligations that sits in front of you. Uh, you can't heal Wolverine while it's out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, right. That's... and then you have to do something to get rid of it, right? Like, yeah, that would have impacted Wolverine gameplay, I think, a lot more. So. Probably, yeah. 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 I mean, if he's uh, if he's already exhausted, now he's stunned and confused, that's Kind of a hassle sometimes, but like you said, there's ways of dealing with it. So hmm. maybe they make up with it for the Nemesis set. I don't know. If if for some reason you are already stunned or confused, it 
only adds the one you're missing, right? Yep. Yep. So, or if somehow you're magically both already, uh, it does nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it's it's a boring obligation, and compared it's to the boring, rest, of... yeah, worse than boring, it is weak. Like you said, I mean, like Wolverine is no chump. Yeah, he needs an obligation that can tone him down for a bit. Yeah, and this is not it. This is certainly not it. If you look at all the other X-Men obligations, a lot of them are really cool. They really impact things. Yeah, this, and they're interesting and different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They bring out your nemesis. They steal away the key card you need. They prevent you from flipping to phased form, right? Like, they do stuff to you. This is just like, uh, you're starting to confuse You know me. what, Steve? Maybe the designers thought that Logan was a teenager. <laughs> well, he doesn't age the same as everybody else, so maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they're going further back because he kind of looks like he's in a diaper there, throwing a temper tantrum, right? <laughs> I mean, it is his. It is his past demons. Yeah, I do like the art. I think that's the best part of the yeah. card. The art is pretty cool. So, what are his past demons? I don't really know. I think this is referencing his Weapon X program, right? He's like in the tube and when they brainwashing the, him. When they put the adamantium stuff in him. Yeah, I, I, that's my guess, him. right? Yeah. Well, that's not a past demon because that's not a personal thing of his. That was something done to him, right? Like past demons, you think about like how you reflect on your own mistakes and stuff. It's not like old adversaries or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he does a lot what of a things mist. when he's brainwashed as Weapon X that maybe, you know. And then he remembers. Yeah, yeah. little flashbacks. PTSD right. to it or something, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am 3D glasses. disappointed in this obligation. I agree. Wolverine's a cool character who's iconic, right? Like, remember the first when the game first came out. That was the first question anyone asked. When's Wolverine coming? <laughs> right. Like, and this and this is your obligation. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's to service you know to service the fans who just want him to be kicking butt all the time. This will do good it. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he is good. Current campaign I'm in, like, he's here. Oh, yeah. He's a quality like, hero. Jesus. Un, un, he's too good. He's too good. He's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear about the uh, the man of the hour here, Bill. Yeah, maybe the Nemesis set will make up, kind of offset the obligation, I hope. Yeah, Omega Red, he is a minion with a scheme of one. He has an attack of two, and an attack of two is a forced interrupt. It says, when Omega Red attacks you, deal one damage to each character you control. I have a question about that. Um, okay. Forced interrupt happens first, so when Omega Red attacks you, deal one damage to each character you control. So when he attacks you... Um, he can kill off that, do that ally first, you were right? going to block with. Yes, yeah, he so will he pull off okay. a tough token. He hits yeah. first. Yep. yep. Okay. I was just curious because you take care of that first and then you then you choose blockers, right? Or what you're going to do. All right. So yep. sorry to interrupt that, but that was a question I had. Let me look at the rest of his card here. He is a brute who is elite then has eight hit points. Oof. And he has retaliate one and he's also steady. Man. Three boost right. icons. Past demons is lame. He isn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid minion. Ooh. Yeah. I like I like the fact that whenever he attacks you, like you guys mentioned, that immediately like that forced interrupt goes into play. Right. So that's his death 
factor or his death spores, right? Right, yeah. Like, it's got to have something to do with that. Yeah, they're preceding him, right? He knocks down the wall, the death spores infiltrate the air, and then wham, he hits you with his tentacles for two damage. What happens if you put his pheromones in a room with uh, Spider-Woman's pheromones? What insanity ensues from there? My goodness. <laughs> well, pheromone, or it would be like a pheromone off. Omega Red wins because he's steady and then stuns and confuses from Spider-Woman. They don't do don't, anything. They don't, yeah, they only get him halfway there. So mm. she's got to double up her pheromones. Yep. There was one storyline where Omega Red's um, death spores were actually spreading out over the entire planet and affecting everyone. He had to be like teleported away to stop that from happening. So, Force Interrupt, when Omega Red attacks you, deal one damage, he's character you control. Almost would like to see like everybody on the table take damage. Oh, each friendly character, yeah. Each friendly character instead of each one you control. It should be but each maybe... character then. Yeah. Right? The villains Everybody. too, right? Even himself. Was he immune to his own death spores or no? No, his death spores kill him too. So, but uh, he could choose to admit them whether sometimes he can kind of control it. Sometimes he can't. Sometimes he can. You know, he's back and forth. So, all right. Huh. We'll just, but, but again, this is, this is jamming up your ability to defend too. Right. right. Sometimes. So, Steve, looking ahead when we do our top 10 minions, this guy, he's going to make a run for it. I think so, because he also has eight health with retaliate one. So, yeah, it's like two attacks on him, right? There's there's a few characters that can do eight damage straight up, but But it's it's a lot. So, yeah. Oof. And like, like Wolverine's attacks, right? He's got his... One that does three and three. So that's like, you're taking the retaliate twice. And um, he has, what's the one? He's got a big one, like a lunging strike or something like that. That does eight damage. Okay. Yeah. But as we often say, that's eight damage, not on the villain. And it, it does yeah. cost three resources too. So that's, you know. It will that's return. your turn. Yeah, you got to pay a lot of attention. That's your turn and you had to draw into it. Yeah. So I wonder if we could make him any stronger. Doubtful. Hmm. Some attachments. I mean, if it was villainous, it'd be insane. <laughs> now he doesn't have he doesn't have a mutant trait on him. He's just brute and elite. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think but he is a mutant, him. clearly, right? Did you guys know that Omega Red needs the carbonadium synthesizer to prevent his death factor from killing him? Uh, I learned that tonight. Yes, right. Bill's out of that. And this is his oh, there's a picture screen. of it. Yeah. yeah, there it is. It looks like a barrel. Okay. The carbonadium synthesizer is Omega Red's sign scheme. It comes with his nemesis set. While the carbonadium synthesizer is in play, you know what happens, fellas? Uh, Omega Red cannot be defeated. All right. He could be damaged. Acceleration token, three boost. Oh, my goodness. That doesn't seem fair at all. This this does say while, uh, but I think this is the proper use of what we're expecting a while to be. So so loyal listeners, you'll know that when you finally get rid of the side scheme, sadly, you'll never, ever, ever be able to defeat Omega Red because, you know. (laughs) No, because the rest of the sentence is completely different. You're not applying any any, uh, lasting effect to (laughs) Nope. Apparently, while just means, you know, whatever arbitrary thing you'd like it to be. So, (laughs) yep. While it's in play, while it's not in play, whatever. (laughs) 
Doesn't matter. All right, so you can't kill Omega Red though. Can't defeat that is him wild. because this thing just like keeps him healing. Now yeah. in solo play, I mean Wolverine's not really a like a thwarter, is he? He has a yeah, one, sure he has like a, uh, one thing, whatever. But like, the tra- yeah, track by scent or whatever. Yeah, um, like this is not easy for him. Five is a lot. I think he thwarts for two. So yeah, I guess. Yeah, track by scent is remove three threat from a scheme. So yeah, okay. he's got to spend. He's got to do a basic thwart. Then he's got to play a track by scent. So I mean, it's a lot. But you then know, he, of course, whole... he just punches himself in the face for three damage to play his eight hit thing, right? Right. But so, that is that is a pretty good combo there. I mean, that's a lot of cards. That's a lot of stuff going on right there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. A lot of damage. A lot of damage. A lot of thwarting just to get this guy. Off the table. Two of two cards in this Nemesis set with three boost icons. Mm. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be more than just a side scheme and a dude. Yeah. Uh, Death Factor. There are two of these. This is the key thing, right? Uh, it is an attachment, which it says, attached to your identity. Mm. Force response after your turn ends. Take one damage. Alter Ego Interrupt. When you make a basic recovery, discard this card instead of healing damage to boost icons. Mm-hmm. And there, like I said, there's two of them. It doesn't say max one per player, so you could have both of these attached to you somehow. <laughs> That's a bad day. But you'd get rid of both of them with one recovery, right? So, Yeah, you would. Yeah. So your turn's going to end, you take a point of damage... Or you have to flip to Alter Ego, you have to make a basic recovery, which doesn't do any healing, you just get rid of Death Factor. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you flip to your Alter Ego and you're already exhausted, then you got it ready to exhaust yourself again, to get rid of it, to exa- ready yourself, to heal yourself again. So we're talking like two or three turns if you get that Death Factor on you. So it's like he's got his coils around you, trying to control you, trying to suck your life away. It's a good theme hit, too, I think. Except Wolverine just gets two hit points every turn. Yeah. So he's only getting I mean, one every turn? Yeah, I mean, okay. He gets two at the start of his turn, then he loses one at the end of it, so he, yeah, gotta pay attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, hurts his friends worse, so. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, yeah, it hurts Wolverine less than it hurts everybody else. <laughs> uh, well, there's one card left, Bill. Take us home, Bill. All right, Tentacle Strike. It is a treachery. It says, when revealed, you are stunned. Take one damage. Four damage instead if you are already stunned. And if it's drawn as a boost, same thing. You are stunned. Take one damage, four damage instead if you are stunned. Huh. Okay. So maybe this works with the obligation of stunning you, and then this comes out. Yeah. That's four damage. Maybe that's stretching it. I don't know. Yeah. None of the other cards in the Nemesis set stun. And there's only one tentacle right. strike. So most likely it's just stunning you. Yeah. And dealing and, one damage to you. And one damage. You can knock off your buff. Yep. That's a weird card. I, I think it's a, f- a fine card. I like, he stuns you because he's hit you with a strike. You take a point of damage, just like the death factor. Uh, and the four damage instead if you're already stunned, so that's great. But the fact that it's a single card and nothing else in the set stuns. Yeah, it comes out of nowhere. 
Like, yeah, like the card itself is okay, but it doesn't make sense in this set really, or like it doesn't have support for it. So no, I, you almost want two to take strikes. one damage thing. Like everything just hits you for one, but yeah, I, it's. I mean, it's a great card against like Colossus or anybody else mm. playing off of Tufts. Right, you're gonna pop somebody's tough. Um, yeah, it needs like two or three tentacle strikes, I think, to really get going. Or if you happen to be playing against a villain who has lots of stun in his kit, I guess. I don't know. If you're steady and you're stunned, it just adds one card. It doesn't add two, right? Right. It doesn't actually take you all the way to being stunned either. So. Right. So you don't even. Yeah. If you're playing a steady character. And you do have a stun status card on your character. You are not actually stunned, so you'll you won't take the four damage. <laughs> you only take the one, but you would get stunned again. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to look for the positive, but I don't know. And That's Daniel, a real spell. Yeah, Daniel, notice the boost is the same as the when revealed effect again. Yep. And they write it all the way out instead of just saying reveal this card or something yep. like that. Yeah. Why? That's weird. Why? I don't get that. It's, yeah. It's a silly card. It's the kind of card that might knock this thing down a, l- a little bit in the grading scale, Steve. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, well, speaking of. Yeah. So I liked, I really liked this Nemesis set up until this card. Um, I like all the boost icons. I think Omega Red is bonkers strong. Um. So I'm going to give this a B plus. Okay. It's going to lose a point for Tentacle Strike and it'll lose a point for that lame obligation. But what Bill said before was right on. I think this Nemesis set counters the lameness of the obligation. Okay. Yeah. You think, you think Bill, I mean, you brought it up as a rhetorical point, right? Cause you yeah. Knew you knew it. Uh, yeah. I kind of looked ahead. Cheated. <laughs> <laughs> but I so, like yeah. it too. I like it too. I I like that this is a powerful minion, not one that's just going to disappear immediately. Uh, there is a side scheme that prevents you from defeating him. So even if you pop him with one of those big eight attacks, he's not going to go away until you actually get rid of the carbonadium synthesizer. And while he's on the table, he's got retaliate. He's got damage to each character you control when he attacks. And see, yeah, I. I'll give it an A. Why not? Obligation is not any worse than the rest of them. So. Yeah, and we don't always include the obligation in our rating, right? We're looking at the Nemesis set, no, really. That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, there's four solid cards in here. And you have to remember, Shadows of the Past comes out, you put Omega Red and the Carbonadium Synthesizer on the table at the same time. So yep, yep, they yep. come out together, and you have to have a pretty good hand in order to get rid of both of them in the same turn in a solo game. A little easier in multiplayer, but I think you have everyone's going to turn their attention mm-hmm. to doing it. Um, yeah. yeah. When this guy pops out, everybody just kind of looks that direction, right? It's like, whoop, yeah. Gotta get, gotta get that off the table. I think just by the virtue of having eight hit points, everybody's like, alright, what is this? Uh, <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. So, some pretty good grades. Good grades, fun set, fun story. Thank you, Bill. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Always enjoy it. A good mix of art on there, too. We got some uh, comic art and some commissioned art. Yeah, Bill, thanks for coming on. Thanks for telling us about Omega Red 
and uh, that interesting story. Folks can find Bill out on his YouTube channel. Board Bill Game does Lawyer. a lot of good work. He's got a Twitch channel. He also is constantly uh, recording gameplay with me. Thanks, Bill. Always having a good time out there. That is my favorite contributions is playing with you, Steve. Thank you for inviting me to do that. Oh, thanks for, you know, winning those games for me. So <laughs> <laughs> We've had some pretty epic ones lately. They, they have. have been really yep. fun. I mean, really yep. fun. Yep. Uh, get Daniel in on one. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, you going to play some games? That would make it fun in a different way. <laughs> so, Steve, you asked some folks about putting things in my mind. How might they do that? Well, yeah, if you want to fill that giant void between Daniel's ears with something. <laughs> you can the top. That's what I call you, it. You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel or Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And at Discord, we are Vardane, Big Phone Loaf, Wandering Took, and Board Game Lawyer. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Omega Red. Take us out. My death factor will drain the life from your body.